You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Sox fans, don't stop believing the White Sox might, in the contention window, squeeze themselves into a, oh, I don't know, top 10 payroll. That's for a different podcast, however. We have news breaking with the White Sox, of course, with the Carlos Rodon decision and the Craig Kimball decision, but we're not talking about that, maybe at least until the end of this podcast, because happy Sox of us, it is... Well, we haven't really called it anything. It's just bad games. We are reviewing bad games this week. Uh, concurrent with this podcast is the uh, feature where all of these writers here that are going to be joining on the podcast have written up at least one game uh, discussing, oh, well, just some of the low points of the Chicago White Sox season. We're going to get to all of them. I'm your host, Brett Valentini, friend to the White Sox friend to the White Sox fan. Happy you've joined us. It's After Dark, Southside Sox Podcast 71. Uh, get ready for some lowlights and some fireworks. We are kicking off our review of our Soxivist horrible games of the season. We're going, we're going down to Indianapolis, the field office. We've got two reps in the podcast here, but we are first talking to Super Joseph Reese's, who's chosen a game that I you don't know, think I even listed. I don't remember what it is. It was from April 13th. I take it was a loss. Joe, enlighten me. Yes, it was a loss. Uh, 
it was a pitcher's duel and I don't really have anything in particular against those. Uh, I mean, if given the choice, I would probably prefer to watch a roller coaster game with a lot of runs scored as opposed to a pitcher's duel. But yeah, like with Lucas Giolito on the mound, like it all started out pretty uh, enjoyable. I would say I was a, Lucas Giolito versus Shane Bieber and everyone was struggling to just put the bat on the ball on both teams and you know the win probability for both teams was you know only wandering a very small amount from 50 percent pretty much the entire first nine innings of action and yeah that was mostly fine um but yeah the Sox it was like their first main test against one against a star pitcher of that year and Bieber was obviously a superstar in 2020 and this was a golden opportunity to beat a division rival with their best pitcher on the mound and thanks to Lucas Giolito they had a very good opportunity to do that but nine innings of Shane Bieber on the mound they only managed to hit three singles and they only drew one walk against him and that was disappointing, certainly. Um, it was also a little bit disappointing to see Jake Lamb at designated hitter and Nick Williams batting fifth and playing left field. That was not good. <laughs> and I think really the ending more than anything else was just, you know, I went to bed th- that night thinking like, <laughs> really, that's it. That's the way this game's going to end. Uh, there was the Manfred rule that kind of reared its ugly head in this one after nine innings of brilliant pitching from both teams Giolito went seven shutout innings and the Sox bullpen had pitched scoreless eighth and ninth innings Bieber um, went nine scoreless innings Uh, then Cleveland gets a free base runner in the top of the 10th and that base runner came around to score on a very softly hit 71 mile per hour exit velocity grounder Uh, by Roberto Perez and Mm. it was just in my view a very lame way for the winning run to score in this one with you know that a very softly hit grounder scoring a free base runner on a rule that I never really liked at least at the major league level so yeah it was just a very anticlimactic way to end it after a brilliant pitching performance I thought. Joe you buried the lead Jake Lamb at DH that's really you could have it could have been a lot shorter. Jake Lamb, DH, makes it one of the worst games of the year. Okay, now I remember that game because that was our first Southside Sox post-game podcast. Back <laughs> with a much younger-looking man than me was aspiring to perhaps do post-game podcast every game. Seemed like a good idea, especially when the next night, if I'm correct, I had the Indianapolis field office join me for a post-game podcast celebrating, I believe, a no-hitter. So maybe this was a low light that really led to a really great highlight. So, uh, Joe, you picked a good game, but we're not going to get too upset about it because good things were coming right around the corner. Let's just shift over. You can hand the microphone over to the other room because next up is Crystal O'Keefe discussing uh, her game, which, let's face it, I don't think many people would disagree with this as one of the worst of the season. And it didn't have to do with the outcome. It had to do with something that happened, I think, in the first inning. Second. Yeah. Second inning. My game was May 2nd. Um, I will say that Jake Lamb did start. So, I mean, wasn't starting off great anyway. Um, 
at a meeting had the day off, so I was pumped. Lucas Giolito was pitching, and he was, like, actually pretty good through five. But in the second inning, Luis Robert went down, and he was limping to first, and then he was basically dead. And <laughs> my um, hopes and dreams were completely dashed. <laughs> like, I was a broken shell of a woman. Um my hips are really bad, but I was like, maybe, like, you could take mine. I'd be cool. Um, and, yeah, anyway, so that happened. Um, and then Cesar Hernandez had a home run while he was still in Cleveland. And they won 5 nothing. And Jake Lamb played. And Adam Eaton had to pinch run for Luis Robert when he Jesus. passed away running to first. Oh, there's a lot of lowlights here. Cesar had to get all those homers out of his system before he came <sighs> to the South That's when side. he could still play baseball. Yeah. yeah. This was about the time, Crystal, that you were suggesting uh, perhaps uh, your yoga instruction might be necessary for the Chicago White Sox franchise. Yeah. This was peak injury time. Um I went back and I watched the highlights because I feel like I've repressed a lot of those memories. So writing this paragraph, um, I'm going to bill you for my therapy next week. Um, Anyway, I went back to watch these highlights and I was like, shit, this game just sucked. Um, Probably the worst game I have watched all season. Pass that bill on to www.sbnation.com. Thank you. Uh, hey, cover that. Keelan, no more injuries, right? It's all taken care of. There will be no more leg injuries ever again. Thank you for the good work you've, you've Solve done for us this problem. Yes. My job's done here. Yes. <laughs> I have power. <laughs> uh, okay, Keelan, we'll come back to you in just a second because we need to talk to, oh, Mr. Designer, Mr. Writer. It's Adrian Serrano. Guess what? We are linking in this post along with, of course, the great saxophist celebration of terrible games. Great post, terrible games. Uh, the Saxivus uh, t-shirt that you can buy. Um, a few of you have bought. Maybe it's just been all staff, but God bless the staff for doing so. Uh, Adrian, you have the number two selling lifetime t-shirt on the Southside Hit Pen T Public Store. You are the man. We have more designs from Adrian coming, but that's a whole nother podcast. Adrian, let's talk about a game uh, May 4th a guy I don't like too much hit three homers and walk off loss. Just nasty. Yeah. So I think we we mixed up a little bit on this, but it's better to cover this one before the one that was the day before, because the one the day before uh, was a bigger news story for the Sox, but we're going to talk about May 18th, which was the three home run game from Miguel. And really what it boils down to is kind of a microcosm of the season. Again, as a lot of these on the list of worst games of this year, uh, Glam started, but this was one of the few uh, Jake Glam promising games where, like, <laughs> stuck with the guy batting 176 and so Jake Glam actually chipped in with a homer by pitching a run scored in this game, um, which kind of made it even more of a bummer to lose because with all the injuries that the Sox had at that point accumulated, when a guy does come through, you kind of want to win that game. <laughs> Um, but this boils down to what became a problem for the rest of the season, which was really questionable bullpen usage slash bullpen, you know, planning strategy, whatever you call it. So you have a guy that hit one, you know, one homer, 99 miles an hour out, another one at 106 miles an hour out. And then 
You have Jake, uh, you have Aaron Bummer on the mound, two run lead, first base is open, and then instead of putting Sano on to maybe go for the double play to end the inning, they decide like, you know what, Jake Bummer's gonna throw these singers past him, <laughs> and that's not what happened. He hits the third home run. Uh, Liam comes in in the ninth, but he was planning on coming in with a lead. He guns coming in with a you know tie ball game. It changes kind of the dynamic of everything and. Um, after a very exciting night the night before, um, <laughs> just a bad taste in my mouth. I remember that game very quick, and you know, uh, those problems kind of never went away the rest of the season. About really questionable, like, we don't understand the strategy behind this decision. You have a ground ball pitcher out there, and you're going to try to, you know, strike out a guy that's hit two homers already today, and it just doesn't make sense. That's an astute pick, Adrian, to pick sort of a theme game because it was a theme that came back to haunt the White Sox. Oh my gosh, even into the playoffs, they made the playoffs in spite of some of that management. And then they lost in the playoffs because of some of that management. Excellent thematic pick. Hey man, you're more than just a t-shirt designer. Dig it. Uh, Before the break, let's talk to Keelan Ballou. She's half of Killer Bees. They're both represented. Uh, Rumor is... New Killer Bees podcast dropping soon. Uh, Keelan, uh, this actually turned out to be, it was both a best game and it's now also a worst game. I think it's the only game to make both lists. Oh, there's an interesting reason why. Please illuminate us. Yes, it started off wonderful. White Sox playing the Twins, who we all hate, and... The score was 15 to four in the ninth inning. And we were all, we all felt good. We were like, hell yeah, this is it. This is our year. Um, I will say it was at that time that Yermin was kind of slumping. People were worried about him. He had had that crazy April that made us all very excited and, and ready to see what he was going to do. But at this point he was slumping. Um, so it was the ninth inning and the twins brought in Williams Astudio renowned pitcher <laughs> for the team um, who threw a 47 mile per hour pitch that Yermin hit, but it was three and zero, and apparently Tony LaRusa was telling him not to, and thus began a conversation, a new conversation about unwritten rules in baseball. Um, I actually did not know this until uh, I was looking up things about this game, but I didn't realize that was the first time um, that that had happened in like 20 years when a team was over 10, over 10 runs. So that was like, okay, yeah, that's pretty crazy. But I think, you know, in retrospect, and now that things have calmed down since then, um, just the way it was handled from Tony, it was a bad game because, you know, it was, it was great. Everybody was feeling good, but then the way Tony handled it, it almost felt disrespectful to the players. And I think many of us will remember, and many of us wrote about, just the bad vibes that were coming in general from the clubhouse. And I think that was a time too, where some of that weakness that we might've suspected Tony to have was kind of coming through, you know, there were players like Tim Anderson and Lance Lynn um, saying differing things in press conferences from Tony LaRusa. And it was just a really terrible time in general um, as both fans. And I'm sure for the clubhouse, um, in general. And, you know, I think after that, obviously some more things happened to your mean. He had a, looks like a bit of middle struggles um, and continued to decline. And, you know, it seems like at the end of the season, the clubhouse, at least 
externally facing seem to have it all together. Um, so who knows what else happened behind the scenes, but yeah, that was a, a really tough day and tough time. And I felt like we were kind of a laughing stock <laughs> as, a, yeah. as a team. Mm, think. Yeah. Uh, key, let's make it clear. <laughs> we're all White Sox fans and we, because of our, uh, venue, we are allowed to be fans. It doesn't make us, um, not objective and it certainly doesn't make us not critical. Arguably we are more critical because we're fans. White Sox, are you listening? That's how it works. Uh, but I got to say, Keelan, another thing this did was it fueled a whole lot of attention to Southside Sox. Colleen Sullivan wrote a great piece on it, I believe. Uh, Sam Sherman may have, but uh, the big one was uh, Anders Johansson, who actually did something I think maybe has never happened in Southside Sox history, certainly not my tenure, had the number one most read story in all of SB Nation, which was basically a takedown of Tony La Russa and his absolutely ludicrous behavior. Keelan, I'll also mention, I'm sure it's the only time in history, forget this 10-run thing, the only time in history the manager has jumped out of the dugout like a smurf and gestured <laughs> at the player running around the bases, completing his home run in a runaway game, ticked off at the guy. Uh, we don't have footage from like the 1890s, but I'm guessing it's never happened before. Maybe it has, but I'm guessing it's never happened before. Yeah, so very, there was that little clip. Yeah, very Three unique games. game uh, that you chose. And it does happen to be a great game and an awful game and another sort of thematic game tony i guess sort of normalized a little bit oh we'll see we have 2022 to find out okay more games to talk about let's take a quick break we'll be back and who knows we'll maybe even just talk white Sox news by the end of this whole thing uh we'll be right back in a minute why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, White Sox fans, I seem to have regained my voice. It's not quite so after dark, but let's still call it Southside Sox after dark. It's Mothership Podcast number 71. Happy Sox of us. It's yet another week. It's, it's Father Sox of us, Tommy Barbie's with us, and we're going to give him his full credit here. He is our true cleanup hitter. Uh, he is the anchor leg of this. So we'll get to him toward the end of the podcast, but he'll get full credit for this entire, well, most of it. Todd, we're going to round it up, Tommy, full credit for it all. And this week is terrible games. Uh, the first half has just been delightful, delightful, terrible games. Let's start off the second half of the podcast, fresh off a two minute plank. Uh, the breathing is normalized. Oh, man, what a trooper. You know, when she said she was going to find time between the start of the podcast, uh, find time to squeeze in her two-minute plank. I did not believe her. But then she came back slightly out of breath. I believe her. Jackie, it's your turn for your game. 
uh, tell me about this terrible <laughs> Crosstown game, the only truly terrible one this year. Yes. Uh, so I chose August 28th, which was our uh, fifth game, I think, against the Cubs, the Crosstown. And um, I, if you remember the first three game series, we won very handedly. The Cubs, I think by that time had fire sold everyone away and we made quick work of those. And then um, come game two of the second one, I I don't want to swear. This is called the Patrick <laughs> effing wisdom game where he just kicked our I'm trying not to swear. He kicked our butts everywhere that game. He was everywhere. He hit two home runs. He, at third base, he was just like picking things out of the dirt, Robin hits. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Who the hell is Patrick Wisdom? Becky, just so you know, we're after dark, so let it fly. But... Oh, okay. Well, who the fuck is Frank <laughs> Schwindel? <laughs> I think, uh, like Tommy and others have said, I can't. I can't believe that's a real person. That's the name of a real person, but that is the name of a real person <laughs> and a, and a real, you know, um, and plus, you know, Alec Mills was pitching for the Cubs. Okay. He's got like an ERA of like four and a half, I think. Okay, fine. We were giving the ball to Lance Lynn. This is a guy we handed the ball to in game one of the divisional series. This is our Cy Young finalist candidate, Lance Lynn. And he completely crapped the bed. Um, he was out um, after five innings um, and he left, you know, Jose Ruiz and uh, right to clean up his mess. And it was just horrible. And the reason what two reasons why it was so horrible. One is that it was kind of, it was late in August. So it was kind of indicative of the kind of losses we were going to see for the rest of the year that gave us all pause as we went into the postseason, like, why can't why can't we beat Patrick Wisdom and French Wendell? This is a little concerning to me. Um, and the second reason it sucked is just because we all know that Cub fan who took that one win out of the season and served it to you for breakfast the next day. And I, it, next year, I would prefer a clean sweep. I, I don't want to deal with that anymore. It took a little of the luster off of the Crosstown trophy, right? You know, just it just it didn't quite glint as nicely in the sun after a loss like that. Uh, Jackie, it made me wonder if we've ever had a podcast where everybody just hauled off and cussed. The Tony post Tony Larusa one may have been. I believe Crystal got some feedback from the mother in law on that one. I think she enjoyed it, but I think there was also some cussing. I don't know if we've ever had one where we just went around the whole the whole Brady uh, uh, grid and everybody cussed, but (laughs) it's the White Sox. To be fair, you goaded me to do that. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's on me. That's practically me. And I always give one. in to peer pressure. I always okay. give in to peer pressure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jackie, back to some planks then. Uh, peer pressure. Uh, that's uh, good vibes, Jackie Crystal. Thank you for that recap. Ah, terrible game. But still nice to take five out of six from the Cubs. Let's go for the clean, queen, clean. Anyway, the sweep of six next year. Uh, Zach Hayes. No legs. No legs today. Uh-uh. You don't get it every podcast, people. No. Don't even watch. Just listen. Don't Treat. even watch to this one. Forget about it. Ain't no uh, white mamba uh, here. Uh, okay. LALDS game two. Seizing defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, first of two playoff games we're going to be discussing. Zach Hayes, you're up for number one. Why was this one of the worst games of the season for you? 
I mean, tell me why it wasn't one of the, okay. why it wasn't one of the worst yeah, games. We can just, we can just trade questions, do it. Yeah, um, I will say, I think you should take a, a page out of um, my book for my my other podcast. Whenever someone curses, I, in audacity, overlay a Hawk Harrelson Mercy as my, my beeper. <laughs> uh, works beautifully. Great story every time. But yeah, man, game two of the ALDS was... There was just nowhere left to hide after that. It was everything that we had seen before in all year. We could make excuses. We could say, you know what? We, we'd seen uh, Tony La Russa not be able to tell when his starting pitcher is gassed. We've seen him, uh, you know, make the very visibly wrong move first guy out of the bullpen before. And all season, you know, what else are we supposed to do but rationalize and say, well, you know, maybe it'll be different come October. We're going to go yep. get Kimbrell and Tapera and the bullpen's going to be so good. They can't mess it up. Uh, you know, Aaron bummer, not being able to throw strikes. And then a few dinky ground balls get through and that's, that's nothing new, but that's the moment right there. You know, sixth inning game two, when you see that four, one for whatever it was, four, one, four, two leads slipping away. And that was when you knew that was it. Like they were not going to overcome their flaws the flaws, the fatal flaws were fatal. And we had talked about them all year, but as I said in in my blurb, that was kind of when the string ran out. That was when there was nothing to do but throw your hands up and say, this didn't work. Um, And it's, you know, for as exciting as, as much fun as it was enjoying the ride, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to end a season that way with just being like, damn, everything that we have been afraid of for the past five months was it, it happened. You know, <laughs> Papa Tony, Papa Tony did not rescue us. We thought that uh, that pumpkin would turn back into a carriage or whatever uh, come playoffs and it didn't happen, but you didn't really think that I didn't really think that you didn't really think that, but it was I mean, nice to hope and dream. You listen to me on any of these podcasts? Yeah, no kidding. You don't have to cuss. I believe me. Uh, well, what you what we're missing in basketball shorts, we are gaining in delightful toques. Sweet look, Zach. I can't wait for the next podcast to see what else. Who knows? It could be some Southside hip and T public wear. Who knows? Uh, okay, let's let's shift over in that playoff series. Final game of the season. Isn't it appropriate that Father Socks of us? takes over for us it's the other half of the killer bees podcast uh you know again i hear there's a rumor a new one's dropping soon hey tommy barbie thank you for socks of us thank you for this wow month-long weeks-long celebration oh there's still one more week i don't know what we're gonna do for it but there's still one more week we'll talk about it in a second but tommy you chose the final game the swan song the end of the season <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you know, it was useful to use the Doors quote, but that wasn't the reason why I picked it. But um, yes, yeah, so all of you that have read it, you know, but I do start it off with, this is the end, <laughs> my only friend, the end. And I wanted to go full apocalypse now with it, but knowing full well that, you know, there are going to be other way smarter people writing about other worse games i didn't want to go too far with it but it really was the culmination of everything that has gone wrong because they had just you know managed to pull together they the offense was clicking they found a way to come from behind to beat the astros the you know five percent of people that think that tony larusa is some sort of guru lifesaver were <laughs> chomping on twitter being like ah the socks are back 
and they just crapped the bed <laughs> and it was bad like even when gavin sheets hit a home run it was like that was a nice moment but the game itself was awful you had all of the weird stuff happening around michael kopech still where it was clear to the coaches to the announcers that nobody really knew what to do with kopech but he was fine he could pitch all day or he couldn't pitch but he's pitching but he's not it it was all bad and they just looked lost overmatched outmanaged anything that they could have been beaten at they were beaten and what's sad about it is that you look at the roster you look at how the games were played and there was a very clear blueprint I think to all of us as White Sox fans as how you kind of go about approaching a team like the Astros and Tony La Russa just kind of played it like my eight-year-old would play it and just kind of threw some stuff together and hope it would work and it just it was so poorly done and I just this game to me is the worst game because all playoffs long you saw teams scrapping and fighting and even when they were down they weren't out this was the one series to me where it was just like the White Sox gave up at the end of it. Tommy, uh, I wish I had known that your eight-year-old was eligible for feats of strength because he would have been my choice. There you go. Tony <laughs> and take over the big chair next year. Hey, you know, uh, sit down. Don't be shocked. South Side Sox, dear listeners, readers, viewers. I don't watch every single inning of White Sox baseball, but I would dare say, Tommy, the feeling that you had midway and certainly late, late in that game, that feeling of just, oh my God, can this just get over? I hate baseball. I don't ever want to watch another game. I had that feeling and maybe nobody else did. Uh, That had to be pretty rare this season. I know there were some bad games. We've talked about several, but that one was and you know end of the season of course but and seeing the astros celebrating of course but that's a sick feeling even before it was like done you had that feeling in your gut that was like oh god come on absolutely yeah i just want to say that i avoided watching the astros uh celebrate on our field and to this day i still have not seen it so mm. please do not link that now that i've admitted that but mm. okay I'm not, I'm not Twitter timeline that. later i'm sure I know. It is, don't. don't. Ja- good vibes. We already heard you cuss. We, we're not, <laughs> not going to provoke you further. Come on now. Okay. Uh, okay hey, listen, we've, we've got bonus time. How about that? We've covered uh, many of the games written about. A few of the uh, uh, writers did not show up for this podcast. I suppose even though in a couple of days we're going to have, um, I think Lee Allen was terming it more like a bad moments, bad feelings podcast. Boy, it's a bad week. Uh-oh. Here comes that after hours, after dark voice. Uh, okay, rescue me soon, folks, but let's um, talk a little bit about the news of the week, also sort of bad. Uh, Carlos Rodon not getting a qualify. Uh, uh. Hey, help me, guys. My voice is going. Uh, Rodon and Kimbrell, reactions to both. I don't want to talk about it. I'm pissed. Um, apparently, uh, you're according to some people on <laughs> five starters so there was no room for Carlos Rodon thanks Chuck (laughs) (laughs) 
Man, Andrew Heaney just got $8 million from the Dodgers. So I'm going to say if the White Sox really thought that uh, he was, there was a danger of him accepting the offer, his, his, his arm better not, not actually say this, but either his arm yeah. is really, really shot, really, really shot, or the White Sox just massively fucked up again. Um, the only other thing I can think of is that Jerry's doing him a favor and saying, we're not going to hold down your market by, you know, by throwing the, the qualifying offer at you. But uh, yeah, unless, yeah. unless he's, unless he's total pulled pork on the left side of his arm, then I, 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 I don't see this. I don't get it. Don't worry. We have gold glove winner. Dallas Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't really need to worry about starting pitching at all. Like screw it. Let's just get no one. I hear Tommy's eight-year-old is available. Mm. There's a rule, Crystal, that you can only spend $18 million on one starter. And so, hey, listen, gold glove kid Coochie is, uh, I guess he's the guy. Um, Give it to the garbage. Because they're going to trade him. Uh, Yeah, we've had some entertaining back and forth on the Southside Sox uh, account there out on the social media. And and there, I guess, have been some reasonable takes and some likes. And then there have been some people, even like Chuck who say, hey, man, no room for Carlos, because it's not like we couldn't have used six or seven or eight starters this year. This kind of thinking is bizarre. And honestly, folks, really, I think this was a thought exercise I threw down in the comments for maybe the Rodan uh, article, the very bitter article. I'm sorry, I wrote, sorry, White Sox fans. Uh, we love you. And we hate us, White Sox. Enjoy the ride, Brett. Enjoy the ride. <sighs> yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Just just sit back and enjoy the ride. But okay, thought exercise. Seriously, if you knew you were getting Carlos Rodon next year, and we don't know this at all, but if we knew you were getting the Carlos Rodon from this year, but you knew you're going to pay him 18 million for just that half season, and you can't even choose which half it is, he's not going to pitch in the playoffs. He's going to give you a killer Cy Young five war, basically half season, two thirds season. Are you going to pay for that? I think that's a that's still a exactly. bargain. It is. And that's what I don't understand. Like, unless the Sox know, even if he's hurt, let's be honest. There are guys that are hurt that are going to make more money than Rodon would have made off of that qualifying offer. A one-year, $18.5 million contract is nothing. This is an organization that refuses to pay starting pitchers beyond four years And certainly doesn't want to pay them much in terms of an annual value. So I don't know how you can't look at this as just a very low risk move where if he accepts it, great, you have a half season. If he doesn't, great, you get a draft pick out of it. It was a win-win to me. Speaking of bad news. Let's just keep talking about bad news. Somehow (laughs) Southside Sox was frozen out of the SB Nation offseason general managing simulation. I don't know how that happened. Uh, I'm a friendly guy. <laughs> people, uh-huh. Some people like me. Somehow we did not Don't get invited off, into doing this. <laughs> and I got to tell you, based on what I've seen, the whoever this replacement GM is, and how I think Zach can speak to this, how horrible a job they've done, we are still going to write it up as if we need to cover it because I guess this is a long introduction to say, Tommy, don't worry. The White Sox, in at least the offseason simulation, they signed Jake Diekman to to start for them. (laughs) 
Are you, are you trying to get me to drop an F-bomb too? Seriously? Mom, you that, know, that's... listen, we just we just got Zach. So, man, we're getting close to the full package. When we get Joe, oh, man, <laughs> the internet will melt. But I'm not, I'm not prodding you, Joe. Uh, but one day, it could happen. Uh, yeah, so that's just more bad news. Uh, C- Craig Kimbrell is uh, um, apparently there's a secret plan where they're going to trade them and not have to eat 8 million of the dollars. Uh, I understand that if they're stuck with them, it can still work. But this idea that it's like Rick Hahn's a genius and he's going to make it work and he knows the market and he's going to easily flip him for like a usable player, not just Jackie Bradley jr. Um, seems uh, maybe, maybe too much faith. I don't know. I doubt Rick Hahn has a secret fan, a secret plan to fight inflation. Um, so I, uh, <laughs> not, like I know it's a long off season, probably even a longer off season than you know, normal because of uh, whatever's going to happen with the CBA. But it just it's off to an auspicious start that like a five war pitcher isn't worth eighteen million dollars, and then the Hall of Fame closer we traded prospects for were desperately trying to trade his money away. Also, it just it doesn't feel great. I thought I will say I thought I just heard you say, Jackie, that Rick Fon Rick Hahn doesn't have an OnlyFans. Um oh which would be gosh. a better which honestly would be a better option than losing Rodan and keeping Kimbrel. Uh I'm, we we could get the money that way probably. That's <laughs> how you get that. Yeah. Are you listening? I don't know listening? if we could. <laughs> I don't think so. Plus I every time he's on Zoom, there's like garbage money. trucks in the background and dogs barking, which I guess that, that could be a thing. All right. No, no, no judgment. No judgment. That's how we get a seat at the table. Oh. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, even if it's in Dockers. Sometimes you got to sell wheat picks. I wish that the order of the decisions had been reversed because if, um, if Rodan had been denied and Ashley Rodan had to send her sad um, tweet out, and then maybe there was pressure then to not do Kimbrel. Then I could see like the White Sox are just, they're packing up the cats, forget about it. They're, they're going all in for no season. And, you know, we're just going to like chisel it down. But the idea that you're like, well, you know, we're going to save some money, but then we're, we're handing it to the hall of fame closer who did not earn much goodwill from the White Sox. Uh, it's just very bizarre. What, what goes on in the, in the head of this, this, this team? I, I guess Rick Hahn's, Thinking about his OnlyFans. Oh, Rick! Oh, oh my goodness! A whole th- we can fuel a whole off season of podcasts now, or yeah, maybe even a whole different podcasts. <laughs> or maybe, <laughs> or maybe I hear Killer Bees dropping soon. So hey, that's all I'll say. Hey, listen, we're running out of time. It is uh, Southside Sox After Dark uh, podcast number seventy one. We are reviewing worst games like ever or for this season. Uh, hey, next week is. Uh, what is it? It's the Saxivus poll. What is it? What? No, miracles. It's miracles. miracles. I don't, still don't know what it is, but it's miracles. We're going to do something about miracles. It's coming. Uh, stay tuned for it. Enjoy this podcast. Enjoy reading all week. We got more stuff coming, even though we're all exasperated about this team at the moment. Okay. Bad vibes. week continues. Uh, enjoy. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Enjoy the story. And we'll be back with another podcast celebrating Soxivus real soon, uh, perhaps including a father Soxivus himself, Tommy Barbie.